How does a good retail sales associate become an amazing retail sales associate? We'll be discussing that with Lori Harshman from Serta Mattress Company on episode five of the Pete Primo Show. This show is brought to you by my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Store Owners to Sell Another Million Dollars or More This Year. Get it right now on Amazon. We have today with us an old friend of mine, Lori Harshman from Serta uh, Mattress Company, and we are going to be talking about going from a good RSA to a fabulous RSA. And we're also going to be talking about the transition that she made from working as an RSA to a very successful sales rep. And I know she's very successful because I see her customers on her Facebook page telling her how much she loves, uh, she is loved by them. And uh, she didn't know I was going to say that. So she's probably a little embarrassed. Lori, <laughs> welcome to our show. Thank you for having me, Pete. It's a true honor. No, no. The honor is all mine. The honor is mine. So, Lori, I made a decision not to go to the high point market because I had no one coming and I had to pay all my expenses and I decided not to go. And I was amazed at the difference in attitude that you had towards the show. And you were there. You were at High Point, uh, this last market. And the many texts and emails and even phone calls that I got from my fellow sales reps, which were kind of dire, like, this is a ghost town. This is a waste of time. And then I said, I asked you, you know, how was High Point? And I was just amazed at the difference in the attitude. So. How was High Point, Lori? So it was definitely different, Pete. The traffic was a lot less. I'd say we probably had a third show up. of um, Compared to what we're used to, we probably had a third to about 25% show up. But the people that were there were dedicated, and they were there to buy. So we actually opened several new accounts. I think it was... It was different, but it wasn't negative. It was just with COVID and everything that was going on, I understand a lot of people just didn't want to get out there, but the people that were there were dedicated and ready to make decisions. That's that's awesome. Um, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, when the showroom's empty and, and there's no dealer in the showroom, it really kind of becomes your university. Uh, you can check out the new products and really kind of bone up and study up and, and, and lay on, on the new products and really start to understand and maybe pick your sales manager's brains uh, about the products and really just kind of go to school so that when you go back into your territory, you know, you have, uh, you have a good, it's not new to you anymore. Um, all that downtime was used productively, and, and now you're an expert on the new products, which you wouldn't be otherwise. True, true. It did definitely give us a little bit more time to <laughs> become familiar with the new products. Um, we actually had three different showrooms there. We had the Serta showroom. I worked for AW Industries, which is a licensee of Serta. So we had our Serta showroom, we had the Sleepwell showroom, which is an in-house brand, and then we also had Silent Night, which is our newest in-house sleep um, brand. So it really did give us a time to pop back and forth with all the different showrooms and get to know the new products and kind of really just bond with the other reps and management as well because we haven't seen each other with everything, you know, going on with COVID. So it was actually, yeah, it was a good experience and we did. We opened a couple new accounts, so it was good. Awesome. So when I asked Jeff Allen years ago, why did you hire me? He said the one answer to your interview that got you the job is you said that you're a continual learner, but the one thing that really caught my ear and my eye was that you said that you learn from everybody you come into contact with. And I think that's one thing that all high performers share. We, we learn from 
every situation and from every person and uh, learning from our teammates and bonding with our teammates is, is essential. The intel that you can get from other territories and apply the lessons to your territory are just huge. So true. So true. I think we've talked about that before too. You can actually, you can learn from anybody like new RSAs, um, seasoned vets, anybody, anybody with a yeah. fresh new look. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So let's talk about the topic and my partner, Nick Marcos years ago, I, I asked him what's new at mattress matters. And he said, Lori, that's what's new. And I said, what about Lori? Well, you know, she left and she came back. And when she came back, she's like a new person. She's unbelievable, Pete. Don't get me wrong. She was good before, but she is great now. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. You know, what, you know, first of all, what happened? You left, you came back. And, you know, in your mind, what was responsible for some of the success that you enjoyed? So, well, I'm flattered. And thank you, Nick. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you and I have had a couple discussions about this. And I think what it really comes down to is confidence. Yeah. I knew before I was decent. But I think leaving, going to a new city kind of brought me out of my shell, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I actually did have the opportunity to work with some really great salespeople as well. <clears throat> Sorry, a little bit of a... No worries. Um, I did. I was so lucky um, to work with the people that I did. And I think confidence and I I lost the fear of no. I think so many times salespeople, we get caught up and afraid and intimidated by no. And I just, I lost that. I was in a new city. I had to make it work. And I was surrounded by really good salespeople. So I learned from them and it just, it made me stronger, more confident. One of the, uh, one of, one of the turning points that you mentioned is you were in a training and it was towards the end of the training and you kept going, I know this, I know this, I do that. I'm really, in fact, and you finally figured it out that you were really, really good at you were better than you even knew. And one of the things that I worry about for all salespeople everywhere, but especially retail sales associates that, you know what, sometimes are exposed to just too much negativity, right? Um, it's tough to be a really great RSA. You know, you get beat up from customers, you're told no, just looking, want to think about it every day. And then you got management who doesn't always support you that, you know, beats up on you. And so mindset for a retail sales associate to me is extraordinarily powerful. And I think that's one of the reasons you've made the transition that thousands and thousands of, re of sales reps never make. They never make this leap from retail to wholesale, which you have made very successfully, unless all your customers on Facebook are lying. And, you know, I made that leap many years ago, but my first nine years, I was a retail sales associate and a store manager. And then I became a wholesale rep. Yeah, I remember I met you, oh geez, 25, 26 years ago now, I think, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> A long time we ago. Back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel blessed. I have been awarded more opportunities, I think. I have great reps such as yourself, Nick, um, Jennifer Corio. She actually introduced me to my current boss. So it's all about 
just keeping your options open and being positive. I mean, you live this life once, take a chance on what you want to do. And I've always wanted to, I always wanted more. I guess is the easiest way to say it. I wanted to get on the road. So I yeah. have that and I just, I feel blessed. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that drove me to make the leap from retail to wholesale was I, I just got sick and tired of waiting for customers to come to me. I just, I just couldn't literally could not stand it. Um, you know, when retail's busy, it's the funnest business in the world when it's slow and nobody's coming through the doors and you can't sell anybody, it gets very frustrating. So I just wanted to get out on the road and see as many customers every day and open up as much business as I possibly could. So that, that desire for more certainly was one of the drivers that, that I had. So let's break this down. And, you know, some of our listeners may not know this, but years and years ago, I wrote an article about Lori's transformation of going from a very good retail sales associate to an absolutely great retail sales associate. And one of the first things that you mentioned to me that's in the article was listen. What did you mean by listen? So listen to your customers. They're gonna tell you what they want. I think a lot of mistakes that people make is talking too much as far as being an RSA. I mean, any type, any type of sales, even in my end, from the manufacturer's end, mm -hmm. you have to listen. People are gonna tell you what they want. You just, you ask the right questions, leave it open to them to tell you what they're looking for. When, when a customer comes in, nobody ever wants to buy rectangle, right? It's a mattress. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't look good in your driveway. You can't brag about it, but it's one of the most important purchases in your life. You spent a third of your life in bed. So you really need to make the right decision. And... When customers come in, they're really just looking for somebody to help them with that. You know, what we do, I mean, I know everybody has different opinions and there's books and as far as what to do on being a mattress RSA, right? But really all it is, is you make friends and help them with their purchase. That's it. I mean, you just help them to make the right decision. And it's really, it's easy if you listen to them. And one of the interesting things that I love is I love when I go through and I see that you were working in stores and that's still a big part of your job. And the retail salespeople that work with you, just they lionize you. They just love you, Lori, and and you love them. And I think it comes across, I mean, it's, it, you know, I feel like I'm coming out of the woods that, you know, I've been, a, I've been stalking you on Facebook, <laughs> but your, your people love you. And, you know, I've often said you don't go to work for love, but really we kind of do. We kind of do. It makes it a lot easier. And I do, I love yeah. my people. I mean, it is, it just, I moved to, Mm, I'm sorry. I'm really having some. No worries. I moved to Virginia from Cleveland, not knowing anybody. And I've made the best friends here. And it's, they're my retailers, they're my dealers, they're my owners, my managers, my RSAs. I just, I trust them. I'm pretty sure they trust me. And it's just, well, it's really, I feel like it's an extended family, you know? That's awesome. Business. I think you do go to work for love. It's easier if you do. It is. It is. It is easier. So the next thing you talked about was know your competition. Talk about that for a little bit. So you have to know about as much about your competition as you do about yourself. Um, if you don't, you're doing yourself an injustice as well as your customers. 
because let's face it, you're probably not the first store they walked into. You may not be the last if you don't do your job right. So you have to know what else is out there. You have to be educated about it. You have to know their pricing, their features, their benefits. You have to know everything. Because if you don't, there's somebody else out there that will. It's just, right. you have to do your homework. And I think it's easy to, Pete, because with what we do in the mattress industry, there's a lot of downtime. So it's really easy. Just get on your smartphone, your laptop, even look through ads, Facebook, anything. And it's really easy to actually research competition. Yep. It's easier today than it was 35 years ago. It's, it's much oh, for easier. Sure. When I... Go ahead. No, no. No, when I, I was here free, like when I started, I started almost 26 years ago. I started with uh, Tony and Joey Amato. Love those guys. I learned so much. We used to have the clip actual ads out of the newspaper, right? And we made a flip book with all, everybody's ads in it. We would go out, we would cross shop our competition, which is really the best way to do it anyway. You still want to get into their stores because you want to know what they're saying about you and everybody else. You want to know what they're telling their customers. You want to know their spiel, right? So yeah. you just, you really have to be proactive and be on top of it. It's just, and it was different when back in the day when we were doing it. <laughs> it's a lot, actually a lot easier now, I think. So for all of you RSAs out there who really want to take your business to the next level, it's not good enough to just know your product. You have to know your competitor's product. You have to know your inventory. You have to know your competitor's inventory. You have to know their advertising. Of course, you should know your advertising, but you need to know your competitor's advertising. When you get really good, you're going to know not only your company's policies, but your competitors' policies in any of those policies that offer an Achilles heel. How do they do reselections? How does their 60-night comfort trial work? What are their Achilles heel? Where is their free delivery start at? All these things, they sound like minor things, but they're not minor things. How quickly do they deliver? What's their inventory situation? Is there an Achilles heel? Is there a weakness there? So those are the things that if you want to take your game to the next level, listen to what Lori's telling you because she just gave you a PhD. Don't recognize what you've just been given. Go back through and listen to this and write it down because it's very important. Know your competitors as well as you know yourself. That is gold. Thank you, Lori. Thank so, you. I want you to talk about the motivation <laughs> technique that you learned, the visualization technique about getting something at the end of the day. So I recently I reread that yesterday after you sent it to me. I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> so I think I kind of changed my outlook on that a little bit because. I don't know, older, wiser, but so the two gentlemen I was working with at that point taught me to help, so to help me close the deal, so to speak, and I really don't care for that term, but to help me make more sales, I was to visualize getting paid cash at the end of the day. And for me at that point, that really worked. I had just moved to a new city I just bought a new car. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. So it was the money was really my motivation to get every sale done. Now, yep. I think because it was what about 10, 11 years ago, right? I think yep. something like that. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing that's changed as far as my outlook on that is I mean, definitely we're all here for the money. You know, you got to love what you do, but. You also want a paycheck for it, right? But I think to be more successful, you have to stop looking for the dollar signs. I think when I made the change in my mind that 
I stopped. I wanted to stop seeing the dollar signs. And I just really wanted to make friends and help them with their buying decisions, right? So, and I think that really helped me and kind of catapulted me because after that happened, no dollar signs in my eyes, you sell them the best mattress for them. And it's not always going to be a $5,000 set. I mean, it'd be nice, but it's just not. But if you do the right thing and help them with their purchase, you have a customer for life. You're going to have more referrals than you know what to do with. And it's just, it works out in the long run. It's better. So my advice would be, you know, Lori from 10 years ago, I say, you know, don't look at the dollar signs because it just works out better if you're there to just make friends and help them with their purchase. It works out better in the long run. You have a life yeah my my take as a 60 year old guy on it is there's a point in your career when you might need a kick in your butt and you might you might need to look at dollar signs now with that being said i pray that you have the moral foundation that you would never say or do anything that's that's not 100 percent right for the customer but to your point, Lori, I find it much more satisfying. The battles that I fight, I fight for my dealers. I, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that we do that we have to do every day for our dealers. Sometimes we get in arguments with factories and we make them do things they don't want to do because they're the right things. Nobody ever sees that part of our job. But and it's the same thing when you were in RSA. There were times when you called the main office and you said, this delivery absolutely has to go out. They've been waiting for a week or two or whatever it ha happens to be. And you put your foot down. And because you had some equity built in, you were able to get it done for your customers. So I agree 100%. I mean, we, we uh, the ones who are the most successful love their customers and everything that you say and do is for your customers. And the amazing thing about that is all kinds of money starts coming your way as, as a result of that. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it becomes a byproduct. Money becomes a byproduct of serving your customers very well and helping your customers to be as successful as they possibly can be. So that's interesting that, that you kind of, change. So I'm going to throw another one at you. Here's one that you said, man up and ask for the sale. Pretty aggressive that, there, Lori. <laughs> well, that I stick by. I do. I think, I mean, I still feel pretty strongly about that. I think the number one mistake that RSAs make is not asking. I mean, you don't have to be aggressive about it, but if you don't ask, they can't say yes. You might leave yeah. sales out there hanging. You can do it as easy as a trial close. Hey, what day are you looking to have this delivered? Um, are you looking to do special financing today? You don't have to do a necessarily have to do a hard close, but you have to ask for the sale. My go-to because it wasn't. Hmm. Or if you're a wimp like me, just do the alternate of choice. You want to have that picked up? You want to pick that up or do you want to have us deliver it? I, I never asked for a close straight out in my life. I would rather die than ask that question. I'm just not, I'm not that strong. I, I'm, I've always been an alternative choice closer. It's just. Right. And that's it. That's it's so it. important to find what works for you and what, what you feel comfortable doing. After a while, my go-to was, well, you seem to keep coming back to this one. Is this the, that's, I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know, you have to find what works for you. Everybody's different. I want to dive into this mindset issue a little bit more. So you're not, when you're saying man up and ask for the sale, it's not really for your benefit. It's for the customer's benefit. And one of the things that I've said for years, shop your competition. And if after you shop your competition, you can't look in the mirror and know that I'm more honest than that dude or do that, that I just shopped, that I'm more knowledgeable 
that I'm better. You don't deserve to be in this business. I, whenever I shop my competition, I always felt like, you know what? I have a moral obligation to close a sale because I know what I'm willing to do for my customer. And there's nothing I won't do for my customer. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to make sure that they have everything that they need to have and everything that was promised is delivered to them. I'm going to do that. And I know I'm going to do that. And because of that, I came from a place and still do come from a place that I'm doing it for my customer. I'm not doing it for me. I, you know, I, I don't need to do it anymore. It doesn't even matter. I'm doing it for my customer because my customer is better off with me any day of the week than anyone else. And I hope every RSA feels that way. And if you don't, you have some work to do. You have some work to do in terms of how you see yourself and whatever skills you need to get, whatever knowledge you need to get, go get it. It's out there. There's more, there's more information out there on selling today than ever before. It, it's, it's amazing. There's almost too much. Agreed. <laughs> which is a whole nother conversation. We could go for hours on that one, but good. we're not. I'm going to take a little halftime break. And I'm going to read a chapter out of my book because Sell a Million does sponsor this show. And I want your thoughts on this chapter. Okay. So it's, Sounds good. it's uh, chapter number 41. You want me to what? Having marketing that works and creating a flood of new prospects in your store is worth nothing if you cannot convert them into sales. It is imperative imperative that you choreograph your sales process. Everything from the greeting someone receives when they enter your store to answering questions, to taking the order, to delivering the product or service should be scripted out and specific language should be used to help the customer in the best way. This does not have to be overly complex or salesy, but as a store owner, it is your responsibility to make sure your prospects and customers are getting the best you can deliver. Simply leaving it up to your employees to say the right thing is not the way successful stores are built. Let your salespeople partic participate in the scripting. Let them have ownership in this process. Your script should evolve over time. Weekly sales meetings where success stories are shared should guide this process. Spend some time looking at your processes and write down how and what should be said at various points. Create an employee manual or sales guide and make sure everyone who comes into contact with your customer knows sales team had an opportunity to modify the way the $64,000 question should be asked, is there a better way to ask this or do this that will get a better result? Sales scripts that salespeople have ownership in can produce outstanding results. Man, that was a mouthful. <laughs> what say you, Lori? Hogwash or something? No, super true. So... I think it, that's important. You want to have a script because it's important for owners to get their message out there, right? Everybody is in business for their own reasons and everybody's business is a little bit different. You want to get your specific message out there and your RSAs have to be on the same page. I think whatever your message is, it's important to have your RSAs discover why your customers are in the store and get to know them but it's equally as important to get your message across as to what sets you apart from your competitors right so you're for instance if you're a family-owned business you've been in business for 30 years um you have your 60-day comfort trial, you have whatever your specific niche is and whatever sets you apart and makes you better than your competition, you definitely want to make sure that your RSAs convey that to the customers because there's so many places they can buy anything, mattress, furniture, cars, whatever out there, but you need something that's going to set you apart 
and it's usually service. There's got to be some type of service, especially nowadays with all the everything. You can buy everything online now. People are still hungry for excellent customer service. They want to know that you're going to be there for them after the sale is done. You can't get that online. So it's really important to convey that to your customers. Whatever services you provide above and beyond your competitors, you want to make sure that you do have some sort of scripted message that gets that out there. And it's well, I think it will naturally evolve over time too, because like, look, Pete, 25 years ago, when I started this, it's, we didn't have, there was no online buying. That, I mean, that just wasn't an option. So now what we scripted back then versus what you need to say now is, is completely different. You really need to know what's going on online. That again, goes back to downtime. Go online, look at your competitors, look at the mattress in the box selections online. You have to know that stuff and you need to know why you're better and what sets you apart. That's awesome. So one of my uh, bigger stores years and years ago, they had a mandatory um, Intel requirement. So everybody had to get on, uh, had to, 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 to uh, get online for a half an hour every week, which, you know, if you break that into chunks, you could do on a six day week, five minutes at a time. But they had to give a, a report to the sales manager about what they learned online about their competitors. And, and that was huge. One of the things that I have begged my smaller retailers, and very few of them have done it, is, if you're a store owner and you actually make deliveries to your customer, you should be bragging about that on your social media, in your ads, everywhere. People are yearning for that personal touch. They don't want some kids trouncing through their house haphazardly. They would love to know that you, the store owner, are actually coming into their house and making sure that their setup is correct, that they have everything that they need to get a good night's sleep. And some, some store owners are a little bit leery to, to tell that story. And it's a story that differentiates you. And it, it's impossible for a big store to, to copy you. They cannot do that. And so my advice to every store owner here, I'm switching from RSAs to store owners, but if you own a store, look at where you are strong and your competitors weak and make sure that your sales process takes the customer to that place every time so that you win the sale, because getting back to it, if you do the right thing, you deserve the sale. You deserve the sale and they're better off with you than the other guy down the street who you've shopped and you know either lies, doesn't have the inventory, isn't long for this world, isn't, isn't going to be around to service the customer. And you are, you've been in it for the long haul. You have to tell that story. If you've been in business more than 10 years, you need to tell that story. It, it, it you know, it used to be. Don't even bring it up if you haven't been in business for 20 or 30 years. 10 years is long now to be in business. It's, it's crazy that that's changed, right? So it, it is. It's it really crazy has. Now, there's mattress stores on every corner. And yeah, it's the, like you said, Pete, it's the service. What sets you apart? And you want to drive that home with your customers. You want to know that you're not just trying to, you know, make a quick dollar on them. You want a customer for life. And that's what it's about. That's what's truly going to set you apart from everybody else. And yeah, when the owners get on trucks, I mean, I see it with some of mine. They, you know, they'll post on Facebook if they, you know, any kind of special delivery things they did for somebody, any kind of exceptions. And a good tool too is you really want to ask your customers for reviews. They do, you know, Google reviews or, hey, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know about your experience. Because 
nowadays, especially before anybody even goes into a retailer, they do their homework online. And if they see a bunch of positive reviews, guess where they're going? They're going to see you, right? right. So right. it doesn't hurt. You build a rapport, you make friends with your clients and just ask them, hey, do you mind leaving me a positive review on Facebook or Google or whatever avenues you use? It really makes a difference. Yeah. And that has to be systemized. You have to ask. And if it's just uh, two owners in the store, the one owner has to hold the other owner accountable. Hey, did you ask for a review? Did you ask the customer for a review? Did you make it easy? You know, if you need a service to remind you, Podium's a good one, but you can do it on your own. I've seen people build huge businesses without that. It just needs to become part of your sales process. But if you don't have good reviews, you are essentially throwing your advertising money down the drain because this is what happens. They see your ad, they go, let's check it out, honey. But that's not how people shop anymore. This is the way people shop. This, this, this thing, their smartphone. It's the first thing they do. They want to see who are these people. And you as a store owner have to acknowledge that that's how people shop. And you as an RSA, you want to go to the next level and really help your store succeed. You have to get on board with getting the great reviews that you and your store deserve. You know, when you deliver exceptional service, you deserve to to have everybody know about it because it's not that way all the time at every store. Sadly, I wish I could tell you that every customer that buys today in America will have a fabulous experience. They're not. As a matter of fact, most of them won't. And that's sad. And I, I wish I could say to you that, you know, 99.9% .9 will have a great experience. They won't. I don't even want to put a percentage on it because I'll get going down a rabbit hole. And you know how I am, Lori. I get going and it's not good. So here's your last thing that you mentioned. But then there's something that you didn't tell me that I'm going to mention. Man up and ask for the sale is good, but this is even better. Don't I don't take no for an answer. And I love that because what you're saying is, I care about you. I want you to be with me because I know I'm going to take care of you. So that's why I don't take no for an answer. I'm sorry. I'm. No, it's you true. Your audio? So. Oh, you're there. I did. Yeah, you froze for a second. Okay, oh, okay. so no, it's true. So I think by taking no for an answer, right, you're leaving it open for them to go somewhere else, not get the service, the products that you're going to give them. But I think you're just, you're not doing your job. If you, if they're not buying from you and you take no for an answer, that means you have them on the wrong product, you're showing them the wrong features price point, financing options, there's something that you did not put out there that isn't resonating with them. You have to find why they're there. And it comes down to discovery. And Pete, you and I have talked about this. I've always hated qualifying because everybody's qualified to buy a mattress. Everybody's qualified to buy whatever, right? It's something that you need, yeah. therefore you're qualified to buy it. It's all about discovery. You have to get your get to know your customers, listen to them, ask the right questions, listen to them, and help find a resolution for the issue or the problem that brought them into your store. And if you take, okay, great, we're gonna go look, we're gonna think about it, we're gonna go look around, or the infamous, you know, great, well, we're gonna go have lunch, we'll be right back. You're never gonna see them again. I mean, you're never gonna see them again. That's how that works. It's a, I need to get out of this store tactic, right? So right. by taking no for an answer, you're leaving something out there that you didn't do or something that you didn't satisfy for your customer. 
That's what it is. And it's not about being an aggressive salesperson. It's doing the right thing, satisfying your customer's needs, and then therefore building a customer for life, right? They're going to come back to you for everything. Hey, this girl knows what she's talking about. This guy knows what he's talking about. They're going to tell their neighbors, friends, family, everybody to go to you because you're the professional because you found a resolution. You found what they were looking for, right? And they might not even have known it, but you figured it out. So don't take no for an answer. That's awesome. So here's one of Lori's secrets. She doesn't know that I'm going to say this, so she's probably getting very nervous right now. So before this, Lori was a stewardess before she got in the mattress business. And when she answered her ad to be a mattress salesperson, that ad did not say mattress salesperson. She probably never would have answered the ad. And our industry would be a little bit more poor without Lori. So I'm glad that Tony Amato was very creative and did not say anything about mattresses in, in, in there. Because um, you have, you know, when you said I was a stewardess, I said, oh, that's the missing piece. Because every time I had met you, whether it was like at a Christmas party, you know, Nick had 90% of the contact with you guys. And I had a little bit of contact. You've, you've always impressed me as being a very, very positive person who pretty much always sees the good things and you love your work. You loved your work as an RSA. You love your work as a sales rep and you truly feel blessed and are grateful for your opportunities to serve people. And I think that that's what makes special people go from good to great. Just my take on it. Oh, thank you, Pete. Yeah, that so, ad, I will never forget it. I'll never forget it. That was amazing because I don't think anybody ever sets out, hey, I'm going to be I'm going to be a mattress salesperson, right? Like I'm going to be the best mattress salesperson I can be. Nobody wakes up one day and decides to do that. I think we all have our stories on how we got in this industry. And yeah, the ad was amazing. And Tony, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for everything. Um, it ended up being an eight-hour interview. Um, we got Reddy's Pizza, and that started. That I started January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-five, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Now that I'm in this industry, I do love it. I do want to be the best mattress sales person. I do want to be the best territory manager, sales rep. That's it's in your blood. It doesn't leave you, right? Yeah. 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 You know, for, for, for me, Lori, I realized pretty early on that I could change someone's life by changing how they slept. And to me, that became very significant. And I found meaning there. And once I figured that piece of it out, that I could change someone's life for the better, the responsibility to get really, really good and really knowledgeable um, kind of overtook me and just drove me. Um, and now what drives me is making my dealer successful, helping them. I mean, dealers that um, do the things that I ask them to do based on my experience are more successful. And I'm sure you feel the same way if they you know, there, there's things that we see because we go to lots of different stores all the time. We see some great models for success and what's working. And we see some great models of what not to do. And sharing those ideas with our customers is, you know, 90% of, of what we end up getting paid for is helping our dealers to be more successful. So switching gears just a little bit, I think the things that made you go from good to great um, are the same as an RSA, are the same things that made you successfully transition from being an RSA for, what was it, 20 some, almost 19 years to the last six years of being a very successful sales rep. And let me tell you something, and you already know this, Lori. Five? Five or Four six? Years. Four. Four years. Okay. 
Um, you, you already know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Nothing looks easier on the surf surface when you see Nick Marcos waltz in there, Mr. Positive, laughing, joking, bringing you some food, making a joke, walking out an hour later, and you go, man, I want that job, right? That's the easiest job in the world because Nick's so darn good. He makes it look easy, right? Right. And then you find out. So true. So true. <laughs> And, and then you find out that, you know what? There's nobody checking on me. I don't even have to leave my house today. And I think that's what kills so many RSAs who have all the ability in the world that prevents them from becoming great reps because they just don't have the self-discipline. I mean, nothing in the world looks easier than being a sales rep and nothing in this world requires more discipline than being a sales rep making yourself get up because you know your competition isn't because you know you could take a break but you want to be the best so you don't take a break as a matter of fact you laugh when you get up at four in the morning and you know your competitors sleeping. And when you're working at 10 o'clock at night, you know that they might've gone to bed and I'm still working. I'm beating you. I'm winning. So that's it. So true. I mean, it's so still all your thunder. So let's yeah, talk about that transition. I mean, you, you know, it, you beat the odds. You, you really did. And, and you know, we come from the same exact place, Lori. I was in an RSA in retail for nine years before I got my chance. And the only reason it took me so long is because I interviewed for the last two years. I was such a horrible interview. If it wasn't for Nat Bernstein, um, I never would have gotten out of the business. He finally coached me and said, Pete, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do. And I did exactly what he told me to do. And I had an offer from Simmons and Serta at the same exact time. And nothing ever shocked the sales manager at Simmons when I said, you know what? You just mentioned to me, it's between me and another guy. Um, give it to the other guy. I, I think I'm going to accept a job with Serta. And he said, what? What? And I said, go ahead and give the job to the other guy. And do you want to know something? The other guy helped me get a multi-million dollar a year account. We're having dinner one night, Lori, and and I said, no, have you ever been like, when you interviewed for Simmons, did you like go through like a lot of interviews and was it like annoying towards the end? And, and he goes, yeah, oh my God, it was between me and this guy from Cleveland. <laughs> dude, I'm the guy from Cleveland. I'm the dude. And uh, we figured it out. He goes, you really said that? And I said, yeah, I really did. I said, you know, what what happened when I interviewed with Bob and Barb and Jeff at CERTA, I, I just felt like this is my home. I, I, you know, this is where I belong and this is my home. And, you know, I think I was really blessed that I had uh, really experienced people that helped coach me because that transition from an RSA to a sales rep is not an easy one. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's difficult. So what helped you? Um, the team, the team that I am part of AW industries, everybody, management, ownership, the other reps, everybody's been so helpful and it really is a family environment and discipline. I mean, you're right about that. You're absolutely right. It's so, you need such discipline because you don't, you know, you don't have to punch a time clock, right? You don't have to be somewhere at 9.30, half hour before the store opens. You need to, yeah, you need to discipline yourself. You need to have a routine. You need to just, you need to make sure you're out there. And I think for me too, like, cause you mentioned earlier, it's about helping people and this, we truly do help people. We, the way I look at it is we improve quality of life through quality of sleep, right? 
I mean, you spend right. a third of your life in bed, and I don't need to get on my soapbox, but I mean, a little bit. I mean, if you don't sleep well, that affects all aspects of your life. You're not as alert. You don't absorb as much. You're not as functional. You don't learn as much. You gain weight. Your health isn't as good. I mean, there's so many different aspects of your life that are affected by poor sleep. So essentially what we do is we improve quality of life through quality of sleep. And you have to believe that and get out on the road and sell that. That's what it comes down to and be excited about it, you know? So you said something that I don't want someone listening to this to gloss over. The success that you enjoy is going to be found in your daily routine and your lack of success will also be found in your daily routine. So if the results aren't what you want them to be, you need to change something. And there's only one person responsible for those changes and that's you. And you know, when Justin Trombo was on here from BedTech, he was talking about Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership. When you, you know, you own all of your outcomes and you realize that something, you know, if I need to change a result, I need to change something that I do every day. So I want to thank you for taking the time and catching up. We could have made this into three hours in a we heartbeat, Lori. We could have. And as it is, we went 51 minutes. So that's, I could have, we could have gone down any one of those rabbit holes and done another hour. So you have to promise me one thing. Do you sure. know what I'm going to ask you? Do you know what I'm going to ask you? I'm going to ask you to please come back again and share more of your wisdom and your knowledge. You know, you've been at this for a long time and you've been very successful. And to me, the, the, the greatest thing that you can ever get is when your dealers tell you that they love you and they publicly tell you they love you on Facebook. That's amazing. And you have been an inspiration of mine for a long time. And uh, I'm just really glad that you, that you came by. You got any pardon words for our, our RSAs? or sales reps or store owners? Just really remember why we're there. We're there to, to improve quality of life through quality of sleep, right? We hear so many times, sling, I'm slinging springs or selling rectangles or whatever, but that's not what it is. We're not here to do that. We're not there to sell the product. We're there to sell the benefits and the lifestyle that comes with the product, right? So don't... Yeah. Don't take what you do for granted and get out there and improve quality of life through quality of sleep. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, you heard it from Lori Harshman. That concludes our segment. Thank you guys for being with us and we'll see you next week.